Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. And here is Pastor Gary Tony. Man, good to see you guys this morning. Welcome. Y'all know what we've been talking about? Did somebody say Jesus? <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about Jesus. We've been talking about your mouth. Right? Yeah, I know. We, 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 like, we like to be caught on our own junk, don't we? Yeah. I, I know so often when I start putting a, a talk together, the Lord begins to remind me of some of these things and... Uh, you know, I'm like, Lord, is that really necessary that you got to deal with me about that? Does the Lord ever deal with you all about stuff? Listen, if he's not, <clears throat> I'm going to say this nicely. If the Lord isn't dealing with you, you're not listening. How many hard-headed people we got in the house? <laughs> Andy, that was quick, bro. <clears throat> yeah, we are. We're guilty of those things. Well, today's talk is going to help all of us to not only self-evaluate, but actually, uh, hopefully, anyway, uh, turn the page in some of the things that we practice as believers. Because I think sometimes it's easy to, to, uh, to get comfortable and just put your life on cruise control, especially when things are going good, right? You know something I found out? A lot of people, a lot of people will press into God when they're in the storm. When things aren't going good, man, you're, you're praying, you're worshiping like you never have before. But when things are going great, man, we get comfortable in the blessing, don't we? Oh, yeah, God, my bad, I was busy. <laughs> but man, when we need it, when the storm is raging, when life is, man, we're right there. God, where are you? Send your power, move, all those things. Well, God never moved. He never left. He's still the same today as he was 2,000 years ago when he made all this. In the beginning, he's still the same. A lot of times, we just drift away. Not that we're doing something bad. Now, sometimes you might be doing something bad. I know y'all. <laughs> but it's not that all the time. Sometimes it's, it's, you're good. You're just not dialed in as much. Every one of you listening to me today, wrap your head around this. You have an assignment from the Lord, all of you. And so this talk today, I'm hoping, because you remember we've been talking about, you ever listen to yourself? I know we're good at listening to other people. Well, you said, and I'm being, y'all are quick to remind the preacher what he said. What if I start reminding y'all of what you said? See, the, the Lord, he does this with me sometimes. Like, man, what are you doing? Why did you say that? Huh? Especially when you're in traffic. Listen, I was on my bike yesterday. I thought, I'm just going to take a minute, just go out for a little, little ride. And I'm going through town. And I see the guy, because traffic is hectic, and I see the guy coming out of the parking lot in his SUV, just, you know, there's a car coming this way, he pulls out in front of it, 
and I, he doesn't even see me, but I see him. So, but, but, you know, that's how you have to do it when you're on a motorcycle. You've got to see everything. Every time I get on my bike, Holy Spirit, thank you that you keep me sharp every time I ride. And so, anyway, I didn't have to say anything this time. The reason I'm bringing this up, I kept my cool, and so, but I'm right behind him, and we come up to a stoplight. Now, I'm in Lexington, and we come up to a stoplight, and this black SUV, not in another lane, pulls right up beside me. And, of course, I've got my earbuds in, so I have to, I'm like, what? And as soon as I take my earbud out, bleep, 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 bleep. I mean, he's letting it rip, yelling at this dude in the SUV for me. <laughs> and, I mean, his language is colorful. And I'm like, Lord, this guy's going to get me in a confrontation. He's going to think I'm the one saying it. But I'm like, go on, brother. <laughs> Because he was mad because he rides a bike. And so I'm like, what are you doing beside me, man? You're, you're not even in a lane. You're in my space, and he is wearing this guy out in front of me. Dude probably didn't even hear a word he said, but I was, I was proud of him. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> right? I didn't even have to say anything. So anyway, I'll tell you that story because usually in traffic it provokes, doesn't it? All right, let's get into this. That was my intro, yeah, I know. You think about this now, because as I'm writing my thoughts down about this, this week's message, as I'm thinking of the fact that you and I, as born-again people, we're sons and daughters of God. I know we say that a lot, but the revelation of that, I think we take that very lightly sometimes. We are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. I don't, I don't know that that's something that we give enough meditation to. And, and, but that being said, as the born again of God, doesn't matter how we talk. And I'm not just talking about the random empty stuff that comes off your head. We've already talked about that. You know, Jesus said we'll give an account of how much that we say. How much? How much is that? Yeah, all of it. And so... I think as representatives of the kingdom, we should be a little bit more aware of how we talk. And I made this statement last week. Is there, <clears throat> is there a language of the kingdom of heaven? Do they speak? And I'm not talking about a foreign language. I'm talking about a flow of language, the way that we talk. I think there is this reality that if we will give our time to that the Lord will change the way we think and we begin to embrace who we are on the planet as representatives of the kingdom as children of God because we are born again people I think you know sometimes you need to take the time with that we use that phrase born again Jesus actually told Nicodemus he said you got to be born from above born from heaven First Peter says it like this in chapter one of his letter. First Peter chapter one, verse 23. He says, having been born again. That means you're born again, right? Having been. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. How did you get born again? Through the word of God. This is the whole power of the gospel. This is what Paul talks about when he says that is the power. When you tell someone the truth of the things of God. 
In the New Living, Peter says it this way. I guess Peter doesn't say it this way. Whoever wrote the New Living says it this way. But he makes this statement. Your new life, it will last forever. Because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Say word of God. See, I think you and I need to be talking the word of God more in our life. I really love how the Amplified uh, writes this in this same passage. For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. You have been. See, this is why I tell you guys all the time, the minute you give your life to Jesus, it comes with an assignment. And it's up to you to spend enough time in your relationship with him to discover what that is. And here's the thing, guys, 90% of the people in the body of Christ, you're not going to work at the church. Not even a come on, man. You're not. Our job is to equip you to go out there. Here's a perfect example of this. I, uh, right now, I know that Kevin and Gene and Ricky, uh, I know there's more of you. There's a whole bunch of them that work at Lowe's. We've got a whole bunch of Christians working at Lowe's. Got the power of God in Lowe's right there, representing the kingdom. What if we did that in every company? And I'm not saying that, that, that Kevin's preaching the gospel on his break to everybody on a, on a stack of lumber, but he's living it in front of them. And they know that they're believers and they see the fruit in their life. And then all of a sudden a coworker, because this is how the kingdom of heaven works, you all. It's not, I know we would love to have this great, powerful, explosive, supernatural thing, but 99% of the time, God, the way the kingdom of heaven works is, is what I'm talking about in Peter here. You've been born of this incorruptible seed. And he says this, for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal. That is through the living and everlasting word of God. You see, guys, Christianity is not a religion that we practice. You're a new person. You're a new species of being that never existed before. Heirs to the throne of heaven. Is that crazy? Yeah, but pastor, you know, I still got all my stuff to deal with. Yeah, all of us do. That's why Paul said you got to crucify that flesh when you feel like it. All the time, man. You have to constantly tell, no. No, you can't have seconds. No more bread for you. I know Tracy was telling me, it may have not been Tracy, somebody was telling me about pizza. I love pizza. With a cauliflower crust. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> cauliflower crust. Now, now, the ones that eat it say it's good because they don't have any option. <laughs> so what you should say is you like it because you've talked yourself into liking it, Michaela, because it's good to you. Because you ain't got no option, honey. I love you. It's, it's cauliflower pizza. Unfortunately, I may have to follow her lead. <laughs> I oh, know it's a sad day, isn't it? <laughs> not, I'm not saying the rest of it. But here's the thing, guys. Since God's word, let's get, man, I don't know why I get on food so much. 
Since God's word is incorruptible seed, watch this, when we sow his word into our spirit and we choose to believe it, we choose to trust it, it has no choice but to produce fruit. You got to hear me on this. The Bible makes it very clear. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will be here. See, this kingdom principle, it really is spiritual law. If you follow Jesus, like in, in we're going to go, go ahead and find Matt, uh, Mark chapter 4. I won't, but in Matthew uh, chapter 13, it has the same story. But let me set this up for you. Because Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, they're constantly asking about the kingdom of heaven. And so often people are always future tense with the kingdom of heaven. They're always thinking, well, when, when we get there, you know the old song, when the roll is called up yonder. Praise the Lord, we'll be there, but we're part of the kingdom of heaven now. We're supposed to represent the kingdom and live out of the kingdom now. And Jesus repeatedly teaches his disciples, hey guys, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. You remember in session one, we talked about how Lowe's has the stuff. If Andy's building a project, all he's got to do to go to Lowe's and get the stuff because Lowe's already has the stuff. The kingdom of heaven already has your stuff. I know some of you think, so, so God's got my money? No, God doesn't have any money. They don't need money in heaven. Is God going to rain some money down for me? God, send me a new car. No, that would hurt somebody if it landed on you. No, he, he doesn't have a car company in heaven. But God will provide your needs. The Bible says that he will give you the ability, the power, the wisdom to get wealth. The Bible says that he will bless all that you put. Your, but you got to do some putting. And Jesus says everything in the kingdom, because you have to understand in that time in history, one of, their, one of their key sources of trade was agriculture. You couldn't just go take some money and buy some green beans. You had to trade something. You know, take a goat. <laughs> Where are you going today, Pastor? Oh, I got my goat. I'm going to go buy some, I'm going to get some green beans. Trade my goat. Huh? Right? Thank God we are in today's world with the means of exchange that we have. But this is the thing. He, he's trying to teach these guys because they, they understand agriculture. And he, see, he says, guys, everything about the kingdom of heaven works this way. It's as if a man sows a seed. This is how the kingdom works. Remember, you've been born of this incorruptible seed. The word is the seed. Go, in, in Mark chapter 4, he's explaining this to his disciples because he just got through teaching the parable of the sower and his disciples come to him and they're like, Lord, what's up with all the parables? And he says this, he says, guys, to you, now, if you read that passage in Mark 4, so maybe in your study time, if you're taking notes, go study Mark chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 13. Just kind of put them together, and study both of them. But he tells his disciples and there's a group of, the, of people with him, not just the 12. He says, guys, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, I'm talking about the outsiders, the Pharisees, the religious world, all they get is a parable. Now, a parable, understand, a parable is a natural story that explains a spiritual reality. Y'all know this, right? Natural story. But all they would hear is the natural story. They wouldn't pick up the spiritual side of it. He says, to you, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. 
And then he goes right in to Mark chapter 4, verse 14, explaining the parable of the sower. And he says this, verse 14, the sower sows the word. Sows what? The sower sows the word. Now, these next verses, this is key for you all. You've got four different types of soil that he's going to talk about here. And what this is, is the soul of a human. And in your journey of faith, you will experience all four of these types. You will go through them, you will be part of them, and you will be able to recognize some of them as we go through it. He says, guys, the sower sows the word. Say it with me. The sower sows the word. See, this is the thing. Not out of some legalistic religious practice, because the word of God is living, powerful. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. That word life is the zoe, God life. So when you're speaking the word of God in your situation, not only are you speaking the life of God, you're sowing that word into your inner man. You got me? Verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word, of, where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. What? Now how does Satan come? Boom! That's how, you, no, that's what Hollywood wants us to think. He comes all scary. No. Remember, when the word gets so, now let me back, I'm getting, I got to slow down a little bit. Wayside ground. A lot of people don't understand what wayside is. Remember, agriculture, farming. I'm not one, but I know a little bit about it. I remember when I was a kid, we had a garden. And my mom, I mean, maybe that's why I don't have one. But thank God I got a lot of friends that do. And thank you all for all of your vegetables. Man, it's been wonderful. I mean, I've been wearing it out. I was almost a vegetarian. But I wasn't. Don't freak out. <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. What was I talking about? Garden. Wayside. The reason I struggle with gardens is because my mom made me work in it. My friends would be out playing and laughing at me because we lived in town, you know, and I'm in there working. You ever had to weed your garden? Paula doesn't know nothing about weeding the garden. I saw hers the other day. That thing looked like a jungle. <laughs> anyway, wayside ground. The wayside, when you have crops, when you have a field, when you have a garden, whatever, it's, it's the outer part where the horses and the wagons or modern day where the tractors they would go around it it would be that compact hard ground and when something gets sown on that it can't do anything it can't penetrate how many of you you've heard the thing of God say oh I don't know about all that wayside ground yeah, I don't even believe that wayside ground Satan comes immediately immediately to take it so when you hear a truth right away when your heart is not open to it Satan will come take that right away. No, that's not for you. See, he doesn't show up all scary. He just puts the thought, no, uh-uh. First of all, that Bible, that's not even real. That's man, man wrote the Bible. And he tell all those thoughts start coming in your head. That's wayside ground. Your heart is still hard. But the more that you listen and the more you sit under the word, this is why, remember, everything in the kingdom works this way. It's not just this bam in your face, whoa, I got that now, and I'm walking in the fullness of God. We're all growing in this line upon line, precept on precept. You grow in these things. 
You, you, you're getting this? Verse, verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Like, yes, Pastor, amen. That's good preaching right there. But they have no root in themselves, and so they endure only for a time, and then afterward, when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake. Huh? Why would that happen? Because, guys, you don't know that you need faith till you need it. This is the thing, so many of us, we never want the challenge. We never want the trial. We just want easy street. But in easy street, you never grow. You never develop. That's why, that's why guys go to the gym, to lift weights with some resistance, to make you stronger, to develop some muscle, right? This is the thing, when you're in a fight, Instead of crying and blaming God, Lord, thank you that you got me. Thank you that, that I'm, I'm growing stronger in this. Now, you're not thanking God for the mess. You understand that? But he says these, they're, they're not growing stronger because they immediately stumble. Because they hear the word and they're like, man, that's good. I like that. And then you step out and try it for the first time and you don't see the same results as Jesus or one of the disciples. And you're like, well, that must not be for today. Yeah, this is what we do, you all. The kingdom of heaven works this way. It's as if a man sows a seed. These are the ones sown, verse 18, among the thorns. Now, a lot of us will find our, our, ourselves here quite often. These are the ones sown among thorns, and they're the ones, they hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things come in and choke out the word. Sound familiar? I really didn't have time. I don't have time to read that Bible, man. You don't have time. How much time do you spend on social media? Don't have time. Man, we make up stuff. Social media is like quicksand. You get in that stuff, next thing you know, like an hour's gone. Two hours is gone. And all you did was get dumber. I know somebody like, oh, no, I was being very productive, really, on social media. Uh, there is no production on social media. That's a joke. That's the enemy's playground, and he loves to mess with you. Stony ground or thorny ground. Social media, thorns. Huh? You hear the word, but the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, the cares of the world, they come in, and you become unfruitful. Look familiar to any of you? I know I've been in all of these so far. Wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground. You hear that stuff and it just doesn't take root in your life. But then verse 20, there's this last group. And it's good ground. And those of the good ground, they hear the word, watch this very carefully, and they accept it. But wait, and then they go bear fruit. 
What, what is that? That's James. Be a, don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. You go bear fruit. Some 60, some 30, some 100 fold. Now this passage here lets me know that even everybody with good ground is not going to produce at the top of the list. Some of y'all just going to operate at a 30 fold. Some of you at a 60. Are, you, are y'all following me on this? Because so often, this is where, now please, I know you think this is, man, this is just boring stuff here. No, this is why you don't see any change in your life, because you don't understand how the king, you're still wanting God to do a miracle. This is how your new life works. And if you're not seeing fruit in an area, then put the brakes on something else and sow the word into your life and meditate the word. Put the Joshua 1-8 principle into practice in your life. As you do, change from the inside begins to take place. Sometimes you, you don't even recognize the change. You just change. Other people will see it, but you won't. Because you're gra- he's, it's a constant growing process with you. It's kind of like my hair. I used to have it. And now... When I'm up here sweating, I don't have anything to catch my sweat. It just rolls right down my face. I may come in here one day with a wig. I would love to rock a Joe Dirt mullet. Huh? What about that? I, Tracy said no. I mean, it'd be, we, if we can't have fun in church, right? Come on. I'm doing it. I'm getting, I'm getting me a, I got a thumbs up. From, from a teenager. So she thinks her husband cool. <clears throat> Here's the thing. When you start to do these things, don't let the enemy, don't let the thorny ground, the stony ground derail you. God's word contains creative power in it. This is why some of the things Jesus told us to do, some of the things that he said to do, I know they may seem a little over the top. Sometimes some of the things that you read from Jesus, they seem a little unrealistic don't they can I tell you I was listening to a testimony last week this thing it had the hair standing up on the back of my neck now this the the gentleman lives in heaven now but he was a three-term senator and before he became a senator now he is uh him and his wife they were wonderful Christians he he uh he used to talk about her because she was this crazy Pentecostal but they loved Jesus, and, uh, and he had gotten a word from the Lord that he was going to serve in the political arena. That was his assignment. See, this is the thing. 90% of you all, you need to be Holy Ghost-filled, anointed, empowered out there. And so he got that word that he's going to serve in the political arena, and so he's starting to put his campaign stuff together, and he has a heart attack. And dies. And he's, he's in the hospital. The, the wife is, is sharing this story with, with someone else. And, and um, she gets the call. And so by the time she gets to the hospital, he's been dead almost a half an hour. And the doctor is telling her, well, your husband had filled out on the back of his license that he's an organ donor. I mean, they didn't waste. They, they went right away. They didn't waste any time. Can we, ha- can we go ahead and have his organs? And she said, let me see him for a minute first. And so 
She goes in where the husband is. They still they haven't even unhooked him from everything yet. And she's in there praying and she's now understand, she's Pentecostal. <laughs> so she's a little loud, maybe. She's probably like Amanda. When Amanda gets to praying, she gets a little loud. <laughs> God's like Amanda, I can hear you just fine. <laughs> but, but anyway, so they come in, the doctors call security. Because the guy's dead. And so security's got her, and she's not wanting to leave. They're, they're kind of tugging on each other. And as he's taking her out of the room, she turns around and grabs his foot and yells his name and says, you come back into your body right now. Amen. And the machines start beeping. <laughs> now, wait a minute. But then the doctor, in all of his intellectual unbelief, turns around and says, you've done it now. Well, at least he understood that she did something. He said he will never come out of a coma, and if he does, he'll be a vegetable. She said, I'm not buying any of that. Well, he went on to serve three terms as a senator. Yeah. But the thing is, sometimes, guys, you have to, the things Jesus will ask you to do will seem ridiculous. And see, the world won't understand it. So often, it's crazy how, how ignorant the arrogance is of the intellectual. They can't comprehend this stuff. It is spiritual at its core. And everything about the kingdom works this way. It's as a man sows a seed. She had a reality in her that he, it was, he had gotten a prophecy. You're going to serve in the political world and make a difference for the kingdom of She wasn't letting it go. You come back into your body. <laughs> now, he told the story from his side. He, said, he, he, he didn't want to go back. He said, Lord, can't you just bring them on to me? He said, it doesn't work like that, and she's not, let, she's not letting you go. Well, I don't know about that. Okay, Stony Ground. Because, see, some of y'all, I, I can hear you right now. I don't know about all that stuff. He really wasn't dead. I guess the, that intellectual doctor was dumb. Huh? Dead. 30 minutes. Jesus said, you, you, you got to go back. She's not letting you go. Plus, you have an assignment. Because remember, he had gotten a prophecy. Now, I know a lot of people that give a word, and that, that's just too much pizza. Not cauliflower pizza either. <laughs> but he would gotten a word from the Lord from, that, that he was going to make a difference in the political world. So he, he wasn't ready to go. So he got sent back. He didn't want to come back. He wanted to stay. Of course, if you ever get there, you're going to want to stay too. <clears throat> See, guys, think about this. I know some of the things that that we read about, some of the things that Jesus will ask us to do, they, they will seem over the top sometimes. They will, they will take you outside of the natural arena. But that's okay. Should you be willing to trust him? Yeah, but that's crazy, God. That's, that's really, that's, that's way out. You want me to do what? Has the Lord ever dealt with you to do something crazy? <clears throat> I remember my first hospital experience. Man, I, I was, man, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I hadn't even been back to school yet, but my pastor wanted to get me, you know, broken into some things. And there was a gentleman that was on, that was volunteering, doing an intern at this church I was at. And he had just graduated from World Harvest Bible College. And uh, so I got sent to the hospital with him. And we were up in there and this guy's, 
He's in the intensive care, all kinds of tubes and stuff in him. <clears throat> Next thing I know, this guy's on top of him, praying in tongues in the bed. The nurses, machines are going off, and the nurses and the security, they're all coming in. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't like going to the hospital after that. When you, get, when you get kicked out of the hospital for praying for somebody, huh? it kind of, kind of scars you a little bit. I think sometimes when the, the thing, I tell you the story because he was willing, even though he was a little, you know, aggressive, you probably should have, you know, are you willing to step out and look crazy? Now, I know two, some of you are like, I don't know, stony ground. Thorny ground, because see, sometimes God will ask us to do things that we don't like, that we don't want to do. Is this sermon just for me today? Oh, okay. All right. Think about this, guys. Jesus is the firstborn. What's that make us? Second, millionth, ten millionth, huh? See, I, 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 I believe that there is... A, uh, there is tilled up ground just waiting for every one of you all that's outside these four walls right now. But we have to be willing to step out and you have to understand how things work. He's the firstborn. Then we come after him. We are born of the same spirit. And that same spirit, that includes his word that he has put inside us. We are sons and daughters of the Almighty. And knowing that part of it, the, the passage that we've been using throughout this talk might make a little more sense to you now when Jesus said, I say to you in Matthew 12, that every idle word men speak, they'll give account of. See, when you know who you are and you say the word of God over situations, according to how the kingdom of heaven works, it goes to work. So if you have family members right now that don't know Jesus, You've got loved ones, you've got, maybe you've got some kids in your life and they just buck wild crazy. Don't believe anything about God, but you're sowing into their life. Don't be moved by what you see. Guys, I am the perfect example of that. I didn't meet Jesus till I was 32. And my mom had a little window of time when I was, I don't know, 11 years old, something like that, that she sowed into me. But it stuck. Because at 32, I'm laying in bed one morning. Now, you understand, I, I, I thought I was all that because I was 18. No, I was by now, I'm 20-something. I'm laying in bed from a, a night of thinking you a rock star playing at some bar. <laughs> you ain't nothing. <laughs> anyway. When you wake up from that, well, you're not feeling the best and you're heathen and so something happened to me though and it's all I'm not saying I heard a voice but it was almost like go home and I'm like what I sat up in the bed I'm like what is going on here it was the Lord dealing with me I could tell you what it was it was my mom's prayers listen to me you all because I know sometimes we get frustrated when things don't just play out the kingdom of heaven is just a man sows a seed. You've sown seed in people's lives, kids' lives, whatever it might be. Don't get frustrated. Water the seed. Ask the Lord to send somebody else into their life to water that seed. 
This is how the kingdom works. It works this way. It works this way. Remember our Lowe's story? If Andy wants the material, he got to go to Lowe's and buy the material. That's how it works. In the kingdom of heaven, it's as if a man sows a seed. Sow the seed. Water the seed. And then step back and let God do his part. Well, I've been waiting a long time. How long? Did you wait as long as Abraham? See, God came to Abraham about this stuff. This is why you have to understand something. When we begin to put this into practice and trust that his way is right, when Jesus tells you by your words you'll be justified, then by your words you're going to be justified. Say what God says about you. God says you are the redeemed of the Lord. God says you are the head and not the tail. You're above only. God says that. God says all your needs are met according to his riches and glory. God says that his favor is on your life. You have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. God says that. God doesn't lie. Maybe this was Jesus' point when he gave the great commission in Matthew 28. He says, guys, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go, watch this, and make disciples. This, not converts. Go make disciples. See, this means for some of you all, I know you can't just wait, wait on the church to do all the discipleship program. That's one of our goals with what we do on Wednesday nights. I know right now, uh, Cody and Will, they, they, they just got through teaching how to study your Bible. We're trying to equip people, but discipleship can't go on one Wednesday night a month. You know how it goes on? In the break room with a guy you've been working with for 15 years and you start sowing seed into his life and then all of a sudden you get an opportunity to, opportunity to disciple him. That's how this is designed to work, you all. It's, it's, that's wonderful that we have these gatherings that we can come in and worship and, and sit under the teaching. But the way the kingdom works is out there. That was Jesus' point. You go make disciples and you teach them to do everything that I commanded you to do. You go teach them. Everything that you commanded me to do, Jesus, because you know Jesus commanded some crazy stuff. He said, preach the kingdom. Heal the sick. What did he say next? Raise the dead. Was he for, was he for real? <clears throat> Well, that was just him. He meant spiritually. Listen, the Great Commission is not a parable. You got that? He said, you go do this. Everything I taught you to do, everything I commanded you to do, you go teach others to do the same thing. But we still waiting on the church to do it, y'all. No, no, no. My job, according to Ephesians 4, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. That's my job, to quip. I, didn't, I, got, I got a head nod from John. From, everybody's like, no, preacher, you marry him, you bury him, you do all this, you counsel him. No. I mean, we do do that, but that's, that's, not, in, that's not even part of that's the, the biblical description. Gary, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. So you come in here every day and you get every Sunday, you get a meal, you get, a, you get enough on a Sunday. If you go home and study it, change your life. See, the thing is, we have to start embracing the reality of how it works. The kingdom of heaven as if a man sows a seed. Romans 3 says, let God be true. 
let every man be a liar. See, if God says this is something, if God gives you a promise, Paul says all of the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen in him. What promise are you building your life on right now? Do you even have one that from the abundance of your heart, it comes out? You should have promises that just flow out of you. Driving down the road, thank you, God. When I'm on my motorcycle and you got crazy people pulling out in front of you and then you got your buddy coming up blankety blank, that means you're wearing them out. I said, amen. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't gotten five minutes down the road. All of a sudden, this young girl turns in the driveway. I see it coming. The Holy Spirit helps me. She's not even looking. She's wanting to turn around real quick, go back the other way. She whips in. I'm like, okay. She, so I go out on the stop. And sure enough, she doesn't even look, puts it in reverse, backs right out. And I'm, I'm, and I'm like, I, I didn't even say anything. And she looked at me and she's like, you know, I don't look like your friend on my motorcycle, right? I probably should, I should probably get, you know, you can't smile though, cause you get bugs in your teeth. <laughs> what promises do you have in you when the pressure's on that comes out? Cause see, see, I, 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 I failed in that assignment. When the pressure, when, when I was in the situation, Jesus loves you. Now, now that, that didn't come out. <laughs> Huh? What the other dude said? No, that didn't come out either. But in your mind, I may not have used the colorful language with the rest of it. I know y'all looking real churchy this morning. <laughs> Remember, Jesus told us, he said, guys, I only speak what I see the Father do and say, or say. So maybe we should practice that a little bit more. Let me say it like this. This, this is something that has helped me over the years. What if we were a little bit more intentional and we became, now, now let, this, let this marinate today. What if we became a little bit more selective in how we talk? Because you don't have to, you, you don't have to say it. Well, Pastor, I just had to tell them you had to. You didn't have to. Huh? I had, to get, I had to give them a piece of my, what if they didn't want a piece of your mind? <laughs> huh? Right? See, this is the thing, guys. Hearing and speaking are spiritual laws. Hearing and speaking are spiritual laws. Remember last week we talked about this from the Apostle Paul's letter in 2 Corinthians. He says, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what was written, I believe and therefore I speak. See, this is, if you go read that story, they were in the middle of persecution. And Paul says, we have this gift inside us, this ministry of reconciliation. And we've been perplexed and torn on all sides, but none of these things faze me. Paul's point is, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the challenge, regardless of the difficulty, I'm not going to be quiet about who I am. I'm going to talk about what I believe. In the middle of the storm, I'm going to speak the things of God over my situation. See, the harsh reality for most of us, though, when circumstances, when situations, when wrong thoughts, when the opinions of other people come in, man, 
and they don't agree with what God says, it's in those times that you've got to practice saying what the Father says. Well, I just don't know. That, when you stop, stop using the word, I just don't know. Just go on and be honest. I don't believe that yet. Because listen, there are, there are unbelievers all over this room when it comes to certain things because we're all growing in our revelation with God. You don't believe the whole Bible. I know you'd love to say, oh no, I believe the whole Bible. You don't even know the whole Bible. We're talking about you believe the whole Bible. Uh-uh, no you don't, none of us do. You only believe the revelation you've got. Remember Logos and Rhema? You're only believing the revelation you got because there's many people that know about God, but they're not born again yet. There's a lot of churches today all over this planet that are full of folks that are not born again. That's just a religious practice. They're going through religious rituals. They don't know Jesus. See, until you get that revelation and you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you're not born again. You're just a religious person. And this is the job of how the kingdom works. You got to sow the seed. I love what Paul says when you look at his life, when you follow him, he, Paul makes this statement. He says, guys, you imitate me like I imitate Jesus. Imitate you, Paul? Like I imitate, I mean, are we supposed to imitate Christ? Now you think about it now, because Jesus did some crazy stuff. We're supposed to imitate him? Peter said, Lord, if that's you, <laughs> you ever thought, I, Andy, you ever thought about that question though? Because it was him. And Peter said, <laughs> Jesus is like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? It is me. <laughs> am I supposed to? Because he, Peter asked something crazy. Lord, if that's you, tell me to get out of the boat. Well, Peter, you can't walk on water. That's dumb. I'm God. <laughs> no, what do you do? Yeah, it's me, Peter. Go on, get. Come on over here. And he got out and he walked on water. See, this is, guys, I know, man, you, we, ha we have these talks and we think about stuff like this. And, and then we go right back to our same routine. Hey, uh, Ricky, give me Romans chapter four. It's down here somewhere. I... There you go. Now let me set this up for you and I'll get you out of here with this. I had so much more in here. I may not be done with this yet because y'all really listen good today. Did you know uh, as he was scrolling through my message, I saw 1 Samuel. Did you know, Derek, that God, I, I had never seen this before, but God, in 1 Samuel, you go read this, God said that Samuel grew in his relationship with the Lord and not one, Jack, not one word that Samuel spoke did God let fall to the ground. I'm like, what? Not one word, whatever, but he was selective. You understand, Samuel grew up. I mean, he started hearing God when he was little. Remember, he went to the, to the prophet and said, what'd you want? He said, I didn't say anything, go back to bed. God was speaking to him as a child. He said that not one word of his fell to the ground. The things that Samuel spoke, listen to me, the things that Samuel spoke came to pass. Have you ever thought about this? When you look in the Old Testament, when, uh, who was it that stole the blessing? The two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Yeah. 
when, when they came to Isaac and Jacob went and took the, the, took the blessing. Now he didn't really take it because Esau gave it to him earlier on over some bean soup, right? Probably had some cornbread and some relish with it. But, uh, but when he came in and got it, what did Isaac do? Isaac spoke the blessing over him and then Esau came in later to get it and Isaac said, it's already been spoken. I can't take it back. It's his, the blessing is on him. He spoke it. See, some of you all, you need to be speaking the things of God over your family, over your kids and not be moved by what you see because Samuel, God didn't let one word. But you've got to grow in these things. This is the story with Abraham in Romans chapter four. The Bible says in verse 18, who contrary to hope or even against all hope when everything, nothing looked right, in hope, this word hope here, it's this expectation, okay? It's not just a wish. He believed, say I believe. So that he became the father of many nations, watch this, according to what was spoken according to what was spoken god told abraham his name was abram at the time if you go all the way back to genesis 12 he said i'm gonna bless you i'm gonna make your name great and you're gonna be a blessing you're gonna the amplified says it like this you're gonna be this generous uh supply of of blessing to other people with goods and but it didn't come to pass then. I mean, it was 20 some, 25 years before he come to him and said, now Abraham, you're gonna have your own son. And I gotta change your name so that you are saying what I say. Because my words, so you're no longer Abram, you are now, who's your daddy? Huh? You are now saying, I am the father of nations. And he grew in this. If you read that story in Romans 4, <clears throat> the Bible says that, okay, okay, Lord. I, I'm, I'm trying to get y'all out of here. Y'all are listening good today. Y'all got a minute? Okay. Some of you are like, no, I, I'm, I'm hungry. <clears throat> Let me see if I can find it. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed how does the kingdom of heaven work? Not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of faith of Abraham. As it is written, I've made you the father of nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Watch this. In the presence of God who gives life to the dead and calls those things, watch this, that do not exist, do not exist in this realm. He calls things that do not exist as though they did, this is verse 18, and who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of nations according to what was spoken. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body already dead. He didn't do what? He didn't consider his body. Why would they put that in there? Because my man's 100. And you don't have babies at 100? He wouldn't look at his body. Not being weak in faith, didn't consider his own body already dead since he was a hundred, or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Watch this. <clears throat> and he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. 
Unbelief is the key here, guys. I mean, when because unbelief will come in and it will attack you. He didn't waver through. He wouldn't give place to that. Well, you know, you. I know God said it, Abraham, but it's been a while. He wouldn't consider that. He wouldn't. Even, he wouldn't entertain that thought. Him and Sarah sitting in their rocket chairs in front of their tent. Baby, you know what God said, huh? None of this. Yeah, but, huh? No, God said it. I'm Abraham. I wonder if that's why they called Isaac or gave that, because you know Isaac means laughter, means ha ha in the Hebrew. <laughs> Just laughed in the devil's face, ha ha. See guys, God will take us places out there. I'm talking about you. There is a circle of people in your life and you have the goods. And it's as if a man sows a seed. So let's get out there today. Let's till up some ground, some seeds you've sown. Let's go water it. Are y'all getting this? This is how this whole thing works, you all. There shouldn't be an empty chair in this building, but it's not about coming here. Jesus didn't say, all authority has been given to me, therefore come. He said, go, go get them, bring them in here. We'll train them up, send them out and go get some more. See, at the end of the day, church is not about this nice building with video walls and comfortable seats. Come in here, let's, let's have, oh, we had good numbers today, yay. But it's not about that. It's out there, you all, and there is a world waiting. They don't even know they're waiting, but there are, they've been prepped. Because you know why? The clock is ticking, huh? He is coming soon. So if that's the case, let's not be waiting for the rapture. Oh, I can't wait till Jesus comes and takes us out. Forget that jump. Let's be about the master's work while we're here. Amen. Y'all cool with this? All right, now here's the deal. I'm gonna pray for you today for this because I'm gonna ask God because you know, I, I think sometimes when I, I pray over you all like this, the Lord kind of reminds you of this thing on a you know Wednesday afternoon. Yeah? But before I pray for you all, I want to give people the chance to give their life to Jesus. Maybe if you've been in the room and you, you've never taken that first step of faith. Remember Romans, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. When you are born again, you will be saved. If you're here, if you're listening or watching, let's take a second. Take a step of faith. Give Jesus a chance in your life. We made it very simple. You just follow along with what we say, but believe it and say it, okay? Come on, guys, let's pray it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. From this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you did say the prayer and you're in the room, Stop by our information desk. Uh, we've got a gift for you. Just want to bless you and get you started in your journey of faith. For the rest of you all, now listen, today is your day of opportunity. The Holy Spirit has anointed you for such a time as this. So just hook up with me as I pray for you, okay? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I speak over every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, let your anointing begin to stir in each and every one of us that we embrace the role of an ambassador for your kingdom. Now that we understand how your kingdom works, use us mightily 
boldly, full of joy, full of grace and patience to impact those in our circle of influence. Lord, we thank you for it. And we receive it by faith now in your precious name. And everybody said, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.